And I invite you now to turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 5 as we continue on in our series in the Gospel of Luke, taking a look at this Jesus that we know, that we worship, this Jesus that has called us and wants us to get to know him better. Luke chapter 5, we're going to read verses 12 through 16 this morning. 12 through 16 of Luke chapter 5. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, Don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news of him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, all week long people and countries and pundits have been trying to deduce Vladimir Putin's real intentions in the Ukraine. Will he invade or or won't he? When will he invade if he's going to invade? Is it just Ukraine that he wants or does he want something much larger than that? Is he calculating and strategic, or is he just crazy and reckless? The million-dollar question, what does Vladimir Putin really want? What's really going on in his mind? And in a way, that's the question of our text as well. Not about Vladimir Putin, of course, but about Jesus Christ. What does Jesus really want? What's really going on in his heart? What does he desire? Does he want what's best for me, or does he want what's best for himself? Maybe he wants to heal a leper, but does he want to heal me? Does he want to heal my Crohn's disease, or my marital problems, or my addiction? Does he want me to be healed? What is it that Jesus really wants? When you look at our text, I think that topic sort of jumps out at us. That's what the leper wants to know. He wants to know what it is that Jesus really wants. If you look at the text there, it says, Lord, if you are willing, if you are willing, you can make me clean. There's really no question about Jesus' ability here. He believes Jesus can do this. And that's probably because my guess is, at least, that the leper has seen the same things we have. I mean, he's witnessed probably Jesus driving out evil spirits and healing feverish mothers-in-law and laying his hands on a whole variety of sick people and curing them of all their illnesses, sort of one person at a time. The leper has, has watched this. He's seen it with his own eyes. He knows what Jesus can do. 
what he's able to do. For him, it's more a matter of, of wanting, desiring, willing. Jesus, are you willing to heal me? If you're willing, I know you can do it. It's a strange sort of question, perhaps, for us. Is Jesus willing? Does he really want to heal us? And yet it's a question I think we ask all the time. Like I said, we, we, we've seen with the leper what Jesus can do, but we've also come to know what, what Jesus came to do, right? We don't know that about the leper. We don't know if the leper heard Jesus preach in Nazareth. My guess is he probably did not. But you and I heard that sermon, right? We heard the text that he preached from. We heard the text speak of how the coming Messiah would have the Spirit of the Lord resting on him and how he would come and institute the year of Jubilee right here on the earth, right among us. He would preach the good news to the poor. He would preach freedom for prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, release for the oppressed. And then Jesus claimed that he was that Messiah, that that's what he had come to do. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's fulfilled I am here. Your Messiah has come. And he's come to bring release. Release to the oppressed. And then we get example after example in Scripture. When you get into chapter 5, example after example of all the people that Jesus brings release to. Lepers and paralytics and tax collectors. And today's text is just a sampling of that. You've probably heard before what it was like to have a disease like leprosy in an ancient culture, right? And note that this man did not just have a few blemishes on his skin, okay? Um, Luke tells us that he was full of leprosy. Luke the doctor wants us to note something like that. He had a, he had a severe case of leprosy, which meant that he probably lived a living death. In Jewish culture as well, Levitical law required lepers to wear torn clothing and to sort of let their hair hang loose and untended so that everyone would know exactly the fact that they didn't belong in the group. Lepers were not to get near anyone. And if they ever were, they were to sort of cover their mouth and cry out, Leper! 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 just so everyone knew not to get too close and not to let them get too close. The law said that they must live alone. They must live outside the camp. Maybe they could get together and live with other lepers, but they were to live alone. There was no joining in the congregation at the synagogue. There was no singing with friends in worship, no hugs from their kids, no morning coffee at Starbucks. They were cut off, really, from all human contact. But we know from Luke 4 what Jesus came to do, right? He told us he came to bring release. Release, not just for the prisoner, but release for everyone who needed it. Release for the leper. He came to heal 
to cleanse, to bring those people back into community. But as we said, the leper may not have heard that sermon of Jesus, and so he wondered. He saw what Jesus could do, but he still wondered, is he willing? Is he willing to do it for me? And the answer comes back, friends, loud and clear, doesn't it? I, I am willing. Yes, I am. I am willing to make you whole. In fact, that's why I came into this world. That's what I came to do, to make you whole. Not just some anonymous, sick person. Jesus says, I know each and every one of you, and each and every one of you I have come to make whole. I have come to bring you so that you could experience the wholeness of my kingdom. That's why I came. That's why I have come. Yes, I am willing. It's important that we hear that, friends. Yes, he is willing. There are going to be times when you have doubts. Will you remember these words? It's interesting, it's almost like Jesus knows that himself because he not only gives us a sign that he is willing, actually he does give us a sign that he is willing. So he not only says, excuse me, not only says I am willing, but I'll give you a sign that I'm willing. What's the sign? He heals him. Be clean. And he's healed. And it's important that I think we see this healing as a sign, okay? As a sign of his willingness. Because Jesus' miracles are always signs that are pointing to something. They're pointing to something larger. And here, the healing of this man's leprosy is a pointer to Jesus' willingness to heal each and every one of us. It's a sign of what Jesus came to do. It's a sign that his word is true. That Jesus really is God's Messiah. That he came to live out God's compassion for his sinful and broken people. Jesus here says, I am willing because God is willing. God wants you to be healed. God wants you to be whole. And as a sign of that desire, Jesus says, be clean. We're looking for signs. <clears throat> I know somebody was thinking that. But now notice, okay? Jesus doesn't only give us a sign. He certifies that sign. Okay? He certifies that sign, sort of like USDA beef, choice beef. Jesus says to this leper, this cured leper, he says, all right, go. Show yourself to the priest, offer sacrifices, fulfill the commands of Moses, do everything that the law requires. See, this is the process. This is the process laid out in the book of Leviticus that certified that a true healing had taken place. There was a process for that, believe it or not. And Jesus says, do this as a testimony. As a testimony. It's like Jesus is saying, you guys are going to doubt this. Right? You're going to doubt at some point, does Jesus really want me to be whole? 
So Jesus certifies the sign. It's like he's saying, hey, it's great to be cured, but there's some paperwork that's involved here. All right? It's kind of like hitting a hole in one or spearing a seven-foot sturgeon. Somebody's got to validate that that actually took place, right? Someone has to provide testimony to that. You don't just walk into the clubhouse with a one on your scorecard and expect everyone to call in the press and offer you a drink and those sorts of things. There has to be some validation for that. And in the same way, Jesus says, get this thing certified. So what we have here, friends, is a, is a certified miracle as proof for all of us, for all time, that Jesus' word is true, that he really does want to make us whole. And yet, even with that certified sign, we still doubt, don't we? We're still not sure. What about me, Jesus? And it hits us when we're suffering in one way or another. What about me, Jesus? What about my problem? Are you willing to heal me? And you don't have to be a new believer, a new follower of Jesus to wonder those sorts of things. It's not like we sort of mature out of these sorts of questions. People who have been following Jesus for a long time, we still ask the question, are, are you willing to heal my problem, my gambling problem, my debt problem? Lord, are you willing to heal my anger problem because I'm doing a lot of damage in my life? Are you willing to heal my lust for power my lust for porn? Are you willing to heal me? And so friends, I, I want you to hear this again. Jesus' answer has not changed, and it's his answer for all time and for all people. I am willing. I am. Let me say that again. Jesus' answer has not changed. But something has, and that's his sign. The sign that he is willing has changed. And this is, I think, where we often tend to get confused. Because we ask the question, right? Jesus, are you willing? Are you willing to hear my, heal my cancer? Are you willing to heal my arthritis, my COVID pneumonia, my alcoholism? You fill in the blank. Jesus, are you willing to do this? And we hear his answer, yes, of course I am. I want it more than you want it yourself. But then we're confused. We're confused if and when the healing does not come immediately. We're confused. If we're not immediately healed, we think, well, Jesus must not really want it for me. But friends, what we have to understand is that the sign has changed. The sign is not any longer an immediate, miraculous, powerful healing. Does Jesus will our healing? Does he want it? Yes. What's the sign? The sign is now the cross. 
It's the cross. It's not that personal healing. Some of us get healing, some of us don't. How do we read whether Jesus really is willing, whether he really loves us? It's not by the healing. That's not the sign. It's the cross. It's the cross. You see, there are actually two signs in this text, two signs of Jesus that tell us he desires to heal us. Generally, we overlook one of them. Excuse me. There is a sign, first of all, of Jesus' power. Okay, that's the miracle. But there's also a sign of Jesus' compassion. And that's what we see in his touch. His compassion. Let me try and explain that. The difference is his body. We don't often account for Jesus' body here, for his incarnation as Rick is talking about. I know it sounds strange, but just try and bear with me for a moment. Jesus was human. Remember what we talked about early on in this series? Jesus was hungry, Luke told us. Jesus was human. That meant that he not only got hungry, but he also got tired. He got tired. Jesus wasn't Superman. He couldn't heal 24-7, 365. Jesus' humanity put limits on his ministry. Jesus' humanity meant that he was not omnipresent. Right? It's not like he went around Judea healing in the morning and then Africa healing in the afternoon and Asia healing all night long and then he was back to Judea again in the morning. That's not the way it works. Jesus was not omnipresent. And neither was Jesus ageless. Okay? He didn't have time to heal the whole world and every person in the whole world. If the Romans hadn't put him to death on a cross, he would have died of old age, just like the rest of us. And so even though Jesus had the power to heal, he took upon himself our typical human limitations that meant that he could not heal everyone in his lifetime. And so what do you do? What do you do when you have the desire, when you are willing to heal the whole world and everyone in it, but you can't get to every person who needs healing, and not every person that needs healing can get to you? What do you do? How do you handle that? Well, we see it in Jesus' ministry, I think. As Jesus' ministry moves closer and closer to the cross, what happens? His miraculous healings actually grow fewer and fewer and fewer. And instead, he spends more of his time going off, withdrawing in times of prayer. He spends more of his time teaching and telling parables. He spends more of his time with his disciples. He spends less and less time actually healing individuals, which leads us to consider Jesus' touch. Jesus could have healed this leprous man with his word. It's all he needed. Be cleansed. But verse 13 says that he touched the leper. He touched him with his hand, with his flesh, with his body. 
And when he touched that leper, I imagine that there was a collective gasp from the crowd. Sort of like in biology class, when the first student actually touches the frog, you're going to cut up, right? Everyone goes, <gasps> Jesus touched a leper. What do you think happened? What do you think the crowd thought was going to happen or knew what was going to happen? There were two results from touching a leper, friends. The first result was that you get sick yourself. You catch the disease. You become leprous. You become ostracized. You bear the same disease. Second thing that happens is you catch that person's ceremonial uncleanness. And so Jesus would have been cut off from the worshiping community, from everyone, and really also from God, just like the leper was. <gasps> he touched him. But that doesn't stop Jesus. That risk does not stop Jesus. That result, that consequence doesn't stop him. Jesus touches him anyway. And while the number of healings grows fewer and fewer as Jesus draws near to the cross, the sacrifice of his own body, his own person, his own flesh would become more and more comprehensive more and more all-inclusive. Jesus would not offer just his hand, just his touch, but he would offer his arms and his feet and his side and his soul. He would not just risk his life, but he would sacrifice his life. Not only would he make lepers ceremonially clean but he would make sinners clean sinners righteous heart soul mind and body clean new forgiven forever and ever and ever you see friends jesus gives us not only a sign of his power but a sign of his compassion of his commitment jesus gives us the cross the cross. And it's essential, friends, it's essential that at some point in our lives we accept the message of the cross, that Jesus is willing to heal me and to heal you. That's where our comfort lies, friends. That's where our assurance lies. It's in the cross. If you don't get that assurance from the cross, if you're always looking for that, that personal healing, that personal touch, if you're always waiting for that, then you're always going to have doubts, right? You'll have a little comfort and a little assurance in between doctor appointments. Every time you get the positive note, every time you hear good news, you're good, only until the next thing hits, the next time strikes, the next trial comes along. Those who accept the message of the cross the sign of the cross, have assurance and comfort forever. Something to build a life on. Because we are reminded again and again and again that Jesus is willing. Yes, he's willing. But the cross isn't just a sign, is it? It's not just a sign. It's more than that, right? It's the beginning 
the beginning of our healing. It's the forgiveness of our sins. It's the kingdom of God planted in our hearts and in our souls and in our lives. And it grows from there. It grows from there. You see, those who believe in the cross, we not only have comfort, we have purpose. We're given purpose, aren't we? Because the question of what Jesus wants is finally settled. The question of what he wants is finally settled. He wants the freedom of God's kingdom for me and for you and for all of us. And so often, we doubt that. We question it. We act as if the question is not settled. Not long ago, I stopped in at a McDonald's <clears throat> for a cup of coffee. The cost of that cup of coffee was a dollar five. There was a young teenage girl um, who was serving me. I gave her four quarters and a nickel. She looked at that four quarters and a nickel, and she looked, and she looked, and she finally worked up the courage to say, how much did you give me? And I said, a dollar five. Many people want to turn that girl into a debate. Many people want to turn that girl into a joke. Is she just an issue? Is she a justice issue? Is she a self-motivation issue? Is she the result of entitlement? How vulnerable, ask yourself, how vulnerable is a teenage girl in our society who cannot count? Some people even wonder, some people in our church communities even wonder, what does Jesus want? What does Jesus want for her? What does Jesus want from me for her? But we don't have to wonder, do we? Because that question has been settled once and for all on the cross. The cross wasn't just a sign for me. It wasn't just a sign for you. It was a sign for the whole world. That Jesus wants her and you and me to be whole. And he would give his whole body and his life to make that happen. And Jesus wants the ones who have been healed, the ones who have already experienced his touch. Jesus wants us to be so healed that we can reach out 
and risk ourselves in his name. We don't have to doubt. The question's settled. We don't have to argue. I am willing. As we come to this table this morning, let Jesus' words in this bread and in this wine, let them ring loud and clear to each and every one of us and through us to the rest of this world. I am willing. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for reminders. Holy Spirit, thank you for reminders that indeed you are willing. You're willing to heal me. You're willing to heal us. You're willing to heal the world. And all we have to do is look at the cross. And Lord, you've done something more because for those who accept the message of the cross, you've called us actually become like Jesus, to let him flow through us, to let his touch flow through us so that the whole world may know that you are willing and you have provided the sacrifice for each and every one if they will just come and bow before you and accept it. Give us that message on our lips and in our lives. Work through us, Lord Jesus. Save us. In your name we pray. Amen.